time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you on the podcast. It is Monday, August 30th, 2021. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Hope you all had a great weekend. I had a great weekend. And thanks to one of our new sponsors, SnapDocs, Amy Moses, who runs marketing there. And they just had a major sponsorship out at the CMBA at the Western Secondary. And I heard from Jennifer from the CMBA, who was at this football game. That's what I'm trying to get to. Is that we went to a football game, pregame, and watched Trevor Lawrence throw for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did a great job. Very impressive. And, of course, they beat the Cowboys. Uh, it was a great time. Got a tour of the Cowboys Stadium. Thanks to Snap Docs. Then got out on the field. Thanks to Snap Docs. Had a great you know, corporate suite. Thanks to Snap Docs. Had a great time. So, anyway, Amy Moses is giving you a shout-out here at the top of the program. Thanks for a great weekend. And then we were talking on the program you all dialed in earlier. We get a chance to visit. And Paul King, who is our business manager for DL2 Productions, which produces this podcast, made us aware of the big announcement and a segment on CNBC where uh, UWM plans to accept cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and payment. And they're planning to do that around the third quarter of this year. So that is raising some real interesting issues. So we're going to get Alice's thoughts on that. And what does this mean? Anyway, it's good to have you with us, everybody. In the Hot Topics segment today, we pre-recorded a call with Stephen Cooley, the founder and CEO of Art Versus Math. We're going to be talking about marketing, business intelligence. Stephen's one of the top people in the industry on this topic. I'm looking forward to sharing with you that interview in the Hot Topics segment. Also, for other pre-recorded topics and podcasts, you can check out industrysyndicate.com. They do a great job of posting and help supporting and promoting a number of podcasts. So check them out there. Also want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, as well as Finastra, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, as well as the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. Incelerate, Brandon, the group there, do a great job on helping you connect with the consumer, creating a great consumer experience. Anyway, also Knowledge Coop, as well as Mobility MMI, as well as Modix, as well as a number of other sponsors, all of which you can see on our sponsorship page on our website. Check it all out. Especially, I want to say thank you to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, and Matt for their contributions each and every week to the podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Hot Topic segment of the Lickin' Unlending podcast. We're so grateful to have you here. It is August 30th. And we have as our special guest, Stephen Cooley. Stephen, get to be my go-to guy when it comes to market intelligence, how to market on the internet, how to be found. And he is founder and CEO of Art Versus Math. And we're going to be talking today about market business intelligence. So without further ado, let's play the recording that I recorded last week. We have Stephen Cooley joining us again on the microphone. Uh, we had Stephen on a little bit ago talking about his latest venture. Stephen, good to have you back. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate it. I'm really excited. We have some really fun stuff to cover and appreciate you having me back. That's good. Well, give us a little bit of a 
insights to what you're doing. Absolutely. So I own a company called Artverse Math. We do enterprise level marketing consulting, and we also are building some tech. And the big tech push that we have right now is Mortgage Advisor Tools. It is a Captera for mortgage technology. And so if you are a mortgage bank and you are trying to figure out what technology to implement or fuse into your business to help you grow and scale or solve some of the inefficiencies that you have, go to Mortgage Advisor Tools. And we have 20 different categories, over 250 companies, and should be a massive resource for the mortgage industry. So we're really excited about it. Uh, Really taking off for the last four months. That's awesome. And it's free to those in the mortgage industry looking for technology. The vendors that are on there pay for it, uh, having access to the platform, and you do a great job on it. That's what we talked about the last time. But today we're going to be talking about market business intelligence. Stephen, you're you're a bit of an expert on this, especially as it relates to how to do so effectively on the internet. Yeah, so marketing gets thrown into this kind of a, a cure-all for all things. Sometimes your salespersons, your marketing. Marketing to me is really the underlying things that uh, you're trying to achieve. And it, it usually requires a deep dive into a business to identify, this is the why of the why almost, if you will. So it's uh, usually get to know the business that you're working with. This isn't just pumping ads out into the internet and whatnot. I mean, if you want to do it effectively and efficiently and you know really leverage your, your marketing dollars, you really do have to do quite a bit of work before you get started in that and involves really getting a deep understanding of the business and then truly connecting it with the audience and and their inquiry. So we're going to provide some examples today. And I think I love that. In fact, everyone knows, I I called Steven because he's a resource to me and a friend saying, hey, I got this new website and launching and I wanted to put in some keywords. He says, you mean you didn't start with keywords first and get going on that? And I go, "Uh, obviously I'm showing some ignorance. So let's share with our listening audience, get you to come on and say, if you're marketing yourself, marketing your products, and we'll use some of the ones we're working on uh, as examples. But before someone launches a new product or goes out and launches a website, the amount of work that should go ahead of it, I did it in reverse. Talk about that. There was hours and hours of research going into is what you recommended. Yeah, you have to find out and research what people are searching and what problems people are looking to have solved. And so a great example that you provided was define your services to me. And you're like, and I'll give one example right out of the gate. You said leadership development. So that is fairly broad. If I'm a leader in a business, the question is, what would I search online to find David Licken and his services and his company and his business? Mentoring, is it coaching? Is it financial? Is it cultural? Is it values? You know, there's just so much that is involved with developing a leader, you know, so really fundamentally understanding exactly how I provide those solutions and what my customer or potential customers or prospect is really challenged with and what they're going to go online and search is the basic fundamental way to start really developing everything. And that's not just like a website. It that includes your content. It includes right. your the assets, the videos, definitely the website, but your maybe your social media strategy, how you hire. It really is quite the development that can occur. And yeah, I've been fortunate to get to help quite a few folks with that over the course of the last couple of years. It really starts with identifying what is their need. And that's pretty basic in sales. We all know that if you're selling someone and you say, what are, what are the needs that you have? You could go in there and search for that. That's what is so fascinating, how accurate and uh, thorough or it's almost like taking a vote and searching in the internet. What's the right words for that, Stephen, where you're going out and determining what are the services people are searching for? They're search inquiries. They're asking the internet to answer their question. Like, I need help with being a stronger leader. I can't get people to 
do what I say or follow my, you know, my lead. I can't get people to do X. I want to improve this part of my business. There's these really fundamental problems that we have in business. And this includes, it's, it's actually all inclusive. This is not business specific to mortgage or software right. or mortgage loan officers. In fact, it gets really interesting when you do break it down to those type of entities. So even if I'm a single mortgage loan officer and I'm one of many, which they are, I have to solve a problem in the most unique way possible. And I'm serving a local market. And so this is why I always say it's never been more important to be very good at what you do. And it's going to be extremely important to specialize in a certain aspect of mortgage lending. Uh, realtors are a fun example too, that it's a tough trade, right? You know, at one point, it's going to be a tough trade. I think one point during the year, there was more real estate listings than there were realtors, right? If you wanted to stand out, you were going to have to specialize in solving a certain problem around that. So the example might be, I'm an expert at mid-century modern houses. You're trying to buy or sell a mid-century modern house in this area. I'm your guy. And now I'm going to develop my content and everything online around being that expert of mid-century modern. That's a fun example that is applicable. Yeah, I like how you're going in there saying it's what is in my market? What am I serving? Mid-century modern is a great example. A term that I recently came across when my daughter was talking about housing and uh, houses. I didn't realize there was that. But if there's a lot of those in your home and you're hoping to get listings of those, why not put yourself up as an expert of that and look at the searches where people are doing? What, what are the words that they use? Make sure those words are on your website. Yeah. So the search would be what's the best type of mid-century modern home or what are specific architects? to build mid-century modern homes. Where are mid-century modern homes in X neighborhood? Now, all of a sudden, I'm an expert and I'm going to start to now falling into the categories of these searches. And then all of a sudden, I get very organic business without truly helping people. Like I saw that you are an expert in this. When I search this, this takes some time to develop. You have your initial listings of this. And some of these are hypotheses at best. But like if I were to pull and audit your customer base, it would probably tell the story of how you really serve and help people. So there is a way to reverse engineer it. And there is a way to really get down to the nitty gritty by even looking at what you're currently doing right now and uh, how you're serving people as it stands. And so build a strategy that way as well. So if a loan officer is listening to this or a branch manager or an owner of a mortgage company, it's like, what is unique to you? You say, well, money's green. We all do the same thing. That can look like that on the surface. But with some research and with some help from someone like yourself, you have the skill set to pull out what is unique about that particular company or that particular individual. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, like that is the challenge of the mortgage industry. We are a commodity to actually be found in a, a specific way it is simply as applicable. I mean, there's quite a few mortgage products that service certain circumstances that people search. I'm in X, Y, and Z circumstance. How can I buy a house? I just declared bankruptcy. How can I buy a house? So in the same light, if I, you were to audit a mortgage business's actual customer base, there is a likelihood that you would probably find a demographic, an occupational, a credit score. There's probably patterns littered in their last 180 days of closed loan. And all of a sudden, now I could fundamentally understand who I'm really serving, why I'm serving them, and I can double down there. And you're not saying that that's the only category you have to specialize in. That's just one of maybe other categories. So you can go in and own that category by putting the proper 
words affiliated, associated, meta tags with your website. Well, they, have you ever worked with a mortgage company that's like, we can't sell this X, Y, and Z mortgage product, or we don't do a lot of conventional business, or we don't do a lot of govy business? It's not happenstance. Like if you looked at national mortgage sales statistics, you can pull them by state and see that it's not that they don't do those type of loans in their location. They just don't get found for that result. And so, yeah, I mean, it's not that you're doomed to what you are found in, but like it lets you know that that's the work that needs. And, and it probably needs to be done not just by search. Your entire entity is probably conditioned for the customers that you're currently serving. So, I mean, <laughs> you're only conditioned to do conventional business. Guess what? It's always fascinating to dig into a mortgage business's uh, back end, their true numbers, find out really who their customers are, because you will very quickly understand you know, how the entire business from the loan officers to the processors to their advertising, their marketing, how they're really conditioned. And this is where compliance, redlining and whatnot issues tend to come up as well. It's really usually the same thing. Not usually bad people that are getting jammed up that are getting fined by the CFPB, but they are just oddly conditioned not to originate or to skew a certain way. It's usually highly fixable. It's also been kind of interesting work I've gotten to do as well. Stephen, you're good at this. You've been doing this for years. What are the steps that someone needs to take to start discovering how to be found for all the things that they want to be found for? I think it starts with product market fit. And so what products do you, you say market fit? Tell me that. There's areas of the country with military bases on them. For example, if you don't sell VA loans in that market, you're not probably doing something right. And so there's probably an opportunity to increase your market share of VA mortgages in that market because there's a military base and so on and so forth. So that's one example I've run into. It's like, we want to sell more VA loans. We don't know why we don't do it. There's a military base down the street. You got to get into it. Like, don't they just live there? Like they're not getting houses. They live on the base. And they're like, no, it's interesting work. But the process really is that. So it's product market fit. Like what products do you have available and you're willing to sell? And you list them out. What are you found for today? Who are the customers that you're serving today? And really, who are they? Are they men? Are they women? Are they educated? Are, you know, like you really can look. What are you found for today? Meaning, what are you known for? What is your actual reputation? And start to really, you know, kind of peel back the layers of the onion. Try to really understand, you know, where you sit in the marketplace. Right out of the gate, you're going to develop a results. You're going to understand quite a few keywords and phrases and reviews that really define and really actually provide the true brand that you are today. So, I mean, you can say you're a VA lender all you want, but if the majority of the business you do is not VA, you're not a VA lender. Brand is what you do, what you are, not what you say you are, not your logo. And then from there, you know, you set up some micro and macro goals of what you want to accomplish, what you do want to be found for. And then you start to break down those keywords and that phraseology, you get into it, and then you can provide prescriptions on what it's really going to take for you to start showing up when people do search for that type of keyword or phrase. So, and that's just the beginning. <laughs> so it's a lot of work. So it sounds like only the big companies can do it. If it's a lot of work, it takes a lot of time. Is this something only the big companies are able to take advantage of, or can the small guys do that as well? Yeah, the small guys have to do it. It's unlikely. There's very few mortgage advisors or small shops that are going to be found for thousands of keywords. No, I mean, you can definitely do this at a micro level and be found. And like one of the things that you want to be well known for is your name. So like you want to protect your name. So that might be worth buying. It might be worth making sure that your name is that's associated with mortgage and loan officer, your NMLS number, 
Like there's a lot of different keywords that are very specific to you and what you do, the location you live in that you need to protect and figure out how to make sure that your content is you know, embedded with those things that are very specific to you. Explain when you say you need to protect. Like, for example, I own the name. I bought the domain, David Licken, David Licken, all the various variations, D Licken. I bought all those names and have them. Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. Every handle, every time a new social media thing pops up, I don't care if it's for like TikTok's a great one. I mean, like if you, uh, you're like, oh, I'm too old for TikTok. You need to get on there and claim that handle of your name because somebody else is going to claim it and become super popular. And now all of a sudden when somebody Googles your name, that TikTok persona infamous for dancing cats is going to be the, the most prominent search result when they look you up. And so, I mean, it's very practical. Not all of this is necessarily intricate work, but yeah, every time a new social media, anytime a name handle is available, and a lot of that's free. You know, you keep in a couple of your domains is maybe 10 to 50 bucks a year. Yeah. But I mean, the name handle stuff, I think is important. When you say name handle, you're talking about a uh, a phrase that could be commonly used. Is that what you're referring to in the name I'm handle? I'm talking about like my Twitter account is at Stephen Cooley. Not, okay. Not at Stephen Cooley, one, two, three, four. It's oh, at yeah. Stephen Cooley. Like, I got into Twitter in 2009, a couple years after launch, yeah. and I got fortunate and grabbed my handle. You know, and so there's a, I have a couple instances like that. Some of them I've had to skew. You can own that. You know, you yeah. want to protect your name as much as possible. Are there any other David Lickens out there, you know, that are painting the internet with, you know, things that you might have to battle? I mean, that's the thing. Like, you might have somebody else out there that's doing something and they might not be in the mortgage business. So imagine a customer looking you up and somebody else has leveraging your name for something else. I mean, like, yeah, you have to protect yourself. Yeah, that is such, such a good point. Stephen, one of the things you specialize is doing competitive analysis. You helped me immensely go in and look at that part of it. Talk about what is involved in competitive analysis. Sure. So it's important that I understand who else out there is serving my prospects and my potential customers, maybe even what they're even doing better than me and what I'm doing better than them, really kind of evaluate exactly what they look like online and what they're trying to achieve. And what's beautiful about this really in the mortgage space, and I don't see a ton of it except at the higher levels, is people really don't do this. I mean, they just don't. And therefore, it kind of is what it is. And, and I know this because you you can actually look up advertisements. You can look up keywords against other banks and other lenders, other software companies and whatnot. And you don't see a lot of competitive bidding on a lot of these terms. So like mortgage is competitively leveraged all the time. You know, So if I was a consultant and I wanted to battle David Licken, I can go out and I can buy David Licken keywords. So when people look you up, Stephen Cooley pops up. That's pretty vindictive stuff. But a lot of folks do that. A lot of folks. And so, you know, it's important to kind of get a breakdown also of your competitors, what they're ranking for, why they're ranking for it. Are they ranking for it? Because they actually, maybe they do solve that problem in a unique way. Did they just literally put out one piece of content and literally nobody's competing with it? So there's actually usually a lot of room to actually develop content and create strategy to combat your competitor. I don't want to call it easy, but I don't see a lot of competitive marketing being done that is thought out and based on information, keywords, web traffic, social media, but there's definitely a way to do it to, to increase your business and you know your potential customers find the right fit. What's the next step in this process? Marketing business intelligence. So the steps that we just discussed absolutely are your initial findings. What do I want to be known for? And what problems do I want to be known to solve when people search specific 
problems, not general problems. If they, we did this exercise, remember, we looked up mortgage consulting, and boy, did we find nothing that could even remotely get close to what the services that David Licken provides. So, I mean, we have to be very specific. And then we want to do a competitive analysis to understand, you know, what am I up against? And is there things that I can do to actually combat my competitors in a strategic way, whether it's through content development, advertising. So then the next is going to be ultimately just putting out a strategy that is micro and macro that you can actually optimize and define some key performance indicators. So this is where we hear KPIs get put out. I did a goofy video some time ago and I called them kippies. You know, everyone's talking about, you know, I got to optimize my kippies and uh, you can see, you know, I'm always just chasing my kippies and I'm sprinkle the kippies on, on my marketing and it's going to get better. But the point of key performance indicators is I want to help leaders grow from regional to national. I want to hire 50 loan officers and like specific problems. I then want to start measuring and analyzing if my tactics, if the content I'm developing, the websites, social media activity, and all the things that I believe that I strategically put together based on actual hard information is actually working. It's moving the needle and I'm starting to get better traction on those keywords and those search inquiries. So that is the next step is I have to optimize. It's always a chance that you're not going to hit the mark first go at it. You want to fail as fast as possible and then you want to pivot. You know, that's what's great about social media. It's what's great about digital marketing is it is relatively cheap to test. And when you kind of miss the mark, you can always pivot within an hour, redesign something, re-message it and throw it back out there and see how it performs. So uh, you have lots of chances at bat for the least amount of money when it comes to digital marketing. And so running lots of tests and optimizing these things to, to see if you can get the performance that you desire is how you really track that. Is it important to be ranked in your Google searches? I mean, it seems logical, duh, but I'm finding as I get into this that you don't just need to be ranked. It's ranked for what you want to be known for, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, it's imperative to be ranked, which is why those services like SpyFu and Moz and SEM Rush are should be in the back pocket of any digital marketer that you're working with. I mean, they should be able to tell you, like, where do I rank for this search term, for this problem that I'm trying to solve? And then, yeah, it's, that's another uh, key performance indicator. Like, I want to be found on the first or second page of this. You know, also... You want to talk about websites and your content pages on your website. The worst place for somebody to end up is on your homepage. Explain that. All right. So if I have a website and I'm solving and I've built out content on my website, let's say the three services that you offer, you have leadership development, process dysfunction. We talked about this. Right. And mentorship, so you have these right. three key services, three pillars of service that you offer. And let's say for all three of those services you offer, you have five different pieces of content. You have a video, an infographic, and three blogs for each one of those three services. And let's say they all have a little different slant to it. They all have a keyword focus on each. So leadership might be financial or, you know, actually uh, vision or, you know, so to give you an example, people look it up. It would be better for them to actually find the blog article and actually enter your website through the blog article, through the I video page yeah. or through the infographic page. That means my content is solving my search inquiry. And that's, you know, that your site is actually doing exactly what a website should. How do you determine so, that? Your analytics. So if majority of my traffic, I mean, like mortgage advisor tools is a great testament to that. So it starts on the homepage because initially I'm forced to drive people to mortgageadvisortools.com, right? I have reinforced that a thousand times. I have 250 pages 
of profiles that I need people to discover of various companies. I have 25 different category pages. Okay. So like, so CRM is oddly my biggest category. We've had like 1500 folks land on CRM category, unique visitors in four months. It's massive. I mean, so that's 1500 people that specifically are looking for a CRM solution in the mortgage industry. Wow. And so like, that's the part of that. So like, that's why I get it confidently say that. So when I talk to a CRM company, I say, look, this is about as filtered traffic as you can get. And so that's where it gets interesting. So when you get traffic that's showing up to for process dysfunction, variables that occur there, you know that your content is really working and you can see that, man, people are really needing help with this. We need to maybe double down on this or man, maybe I need to do another podcast about this and really help people understand you know, the fundamentals of how we help people with processes and how we provide mass solutions. You know, if they show up to your website, I mean, like that's kind of the easiest way to get them. I can get people the mortgage advisory tools. I got a strong domain that says mortgage in my name, but getting them to like, my, how about my appraisal category page? Like that's a whole fascinating topic. There's so much in this thing. We could go on and on forever, but the best thing for people to do is just get a hold of you and connect and start a dialogue. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, likewise. I mean, my email is Steven at artversemath.com. I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Like I said, you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Cooley. But yeah, feel free to email me, Stephen at artversemath.com. If you have leadership, process dysfunction, and mentorship challenges within your mortgage bank, you know, they need to also reach out to you, right? You know, Excellent. We're going to continue to work on figuring out ways to optimize and provide folks content and take them through the journey. I think that's really what this is about. You know, these are not customers that we're going to turn on a whim, but, you know, we want to be a part of their buyer's journey. We want to help them fundamentally understand how to improve without selling them anything. And that's the whole point of this is I want to build content and provide resource without necessarily taking a dollar from you. You know, especially in roles like what we and you have, I think pretty imperative that, you know, we give out as much free advice as we can, you know, before it really matters and, you know, provide resource so we can help people. And that's what it's really about. Art versus math. Where'd you come up with the name? Yeah, it's the battleground of marketing. You know, you either, we talked quite a bit about business intelligence today, you know, and be tactful and key performance indicators and analytics. And you have all this very complex math type stuff that, you know, we use in marketing. And sometimes a good creative can combat all that. A just awesome, you know, video, a really polarizing creative perspective, whether it be text or visuals or picture is the source that drives you the most business. And so in my experience and the philosophy that I teach marketing under is, is art versus math. We have to look at all of it. If you've seen a mortgage advisor tools video, you'll see that, you know, we're swinging the bat pretty hard at being hyper creative, but trust and believe that we are looking very hard at our numbers and driving those results. So that is the tactic that we use. And uh, that's why the parent company's art versus math. Love it. Very good. Thank you so much for being with us again, Stephen. Great information. Value your wisdom. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Appreciate your friendship. Bet. And a good friendship it is. Be sure to check out Art versus Math website as well as share this with your marketing people. It's like sometimes it's a no doubt. We should know this or we we ought to know this or we do know this. But sometimes it's amazing how many people miss, as I did some of the things that we need to put in place first before we start marketing our services. Get to know Steve and his contact information is in our show notes. I encourage you to reach out to him. Next week, we're going to have another good friend on, Tony Kaiko of Infinity 5. Tony does a brilliant job of finding the right talent for your firm. We're talking about what should you be developing yourself, listeners, as you want to expand your career. Be sure to check out next week's podcast. Tune in for it. 
because the interview with Tony Kaiko is awesome. You're going to love it. Special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, The Lenders One, Accelerate, Mobility MMI, Modex, the MBA, Knowledge Group, and Mortgage Collaborative. And soon coming in is SnapDocs. Very excited about all this. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.